The Hawks have won two straight games. Welcome to The Hawks Report, a podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm your host, Lauren Williams, the beat reporter here at the AJC. And as usual, we're joined by trusty handy-dandy producer Daniel Salerson. And we've got, as usual, a good show for you guys. As I mentioned, the Hawks have won two straight games. They've gotten Jalen Johnson back. And it seems like things are clicking a little bit, except for the fact that they're struggling to close out some of those games. But if you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to like, rate, subscribe, so that you can be a part of our show. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Hawks Report from the AJC. I think I would be remiss not to point out that part of the reason that the Hawks may have picked up a couple of consecutive wins is because they've gotten Jalen Johnson back. Um, You know, he returned to the lineup uh, in the Hawks matchup against the Chicago Bulls. So he's back for about you know, four games or so in that span, the Hawks are what two and two, Daniel, not too bad, not too shabby. So it feels like they're finding a little bit of footing. You get a chance to see really why Jalen Johnson has been so important to this team. He just does a little bit of everything. And yeah, the only thing that they seem to need to figure out is just how to hold on to leads and and not let other teams get back into it. But yeah, Jalen Johnson's back. They're two, they're two and two with him back in the fold. And, you know, hopefully good things are going to continue happening. Absolutely. And I think Quinn Snyder said it best after their win against Oklahoma City, which was a really good win considering how well OKC is playing despite them being on a back-to-back but he was talking about Jalen Johnson he said they're getting he's getting more comfortable in different situations they already know how good he can be in transition but they're starting to trust him more in other situations especially when their guards get double teamed like the Jante or Trey it's going to leave a lot of opportunity for Jalen Johnson in the open floor and to create and I think that's the big thing that stuck out to me with Quinn what he said after the game was his ability to create, and you saw what he could do. That big posterized dunk over Chet Holgram, which was amazing to watch. I kept watching that on the highlight reel and on loop uh, basically all day. And so um, you can just tell his confidence is there. The team has so much confidence in him, and, and maybe this could be the spark um, that this team needs as, as, they, as they have won two in a row. Yeah, 
in that span, Johnson has, you know, gotten a new career high, eclipsed it in the same, you know, week. If you didn't know, his career high this season was 21 points, which he'd done two times. He got 24 points in their matchup against the Wizards on New Year's Eve on Sunday. And then he had a team high 28 points in their win over the Thunder on Wednesday night. So if we're looking at what he's been averaging since he's been back, he's averaging about 19.5, not even about, he's averaging 19.5 points, 11 rebounds. He's leading the team in defensive rebounds. He's shooting 60% from the floor, 38.5% from three. And, you know, of course, as people get film on him and he continues to, you know, settle into the season, some of those numbers might even out a little bit or drop off depending on the matchup. And that that's not a knock against, you know, Jalen Johnson or anything that he can do. It's just the reality of the NBA that things do tend to balance out as seasons progress. But he is, as you said, Daniel, he is the spark that this team needed. But I think what we learned in his absent absence, and we touched on it in our last show, is They just don't have any depth. And the fact that they're relying on a third year forward as arguably their second best player outside of Trey Young should really be a little bit of a concern for the front office and should tell them that they really do need to make some decisions on who the core is and what direction that they want to kind of turn this roster into. You know, Trey Young is 25 years old, so he's in, you know, along the lines of, you know, a timeline in some ways of this team with kind of some of the pieces that they have, but they they can't really go backwards in terms of trying to retool or rebuild too much because Trey Young has been through that already and he's not getting younger. So they really do have to make a decision and and start making some moves as far as the pieces that they do have right now that could potentially net them some good developmental pieces or um, that can develop quickly, of course, or some win now pieces, but they don't have a lot of assets. I, I did mention this on uh, 92.9 The Game in one of my appearances, but they don't have a first round pick until, you know, after this this year. They don't have a first round pick until 2028, unless you're counting the conditional pick that they have from the Kings. You know, if they don't use it this season, they at least have it for the next couple of seasons, depending on how the Kings' record works out. But not having a first for like four years is not great. So They do really need to make some choices. And if it's time to move on from the likes of Bogdan Bogdanovich, who they did just resign toward the end of last season, DeJounte Murray, who they just resigned this offseason, DeAndre Hunter, who they just resigned last offseason, Clint Capella, who I think has is either on the last year. I always forget this. He's either on the last year of his contract or he has one more year. You know, they do have to start making some choices. And those those are the older, so to speak, members of this team, even though DeAndre Hunter is only 25 years old. But, you know, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. 
Yeah, I think you're spot on, Lauren. And I think the key is for this Hawks team is this really couldn't have come at a better time knowing kind of what Jalen Johnson has been able to do in these last four games. And granted, it is a smaller Mm -hmm. sample size, but they kind of knew his potential already. Now you're just seeing it come to life a little bit more and how much they do need him. So as far as making some roster moves, I mean, pretty much Mm -hmm. him and Trey, I think, are the only ones that are really untouchable at this point. That's saying a lot from how far Mm -hmm. Jalen Johnson has come but now at least you know what you need to build around if you are going to make a bunch of moves and and i agree this is not a time to start over not a time to rebuild not a time to retool it's one you gotta you gotta build forward and whether it's a pascal siakam type which is still a big risk because he controls his own destiny after the season with free agency or you know another superstar or just again and you talk about the lack of picks i mean that's what teams are really wanting right now is first round pick so it's either going to be a three-way deal that's going to probably have to come if you're the Hawks trying to whether it's moving Murray or just adding another big piece so yeah I just think that the Hawks have a lot of uh thinking to do here Mm -hmm. in the next month and trying to figure out what the next step is going to be but having Jalen Johnson back is certainly a step in the right direction for this ball club who has started off the year uh struggling a little bit in the east yeah I think it's evident you know we've talked about their record without Jalen Johnson, they're four and 10 when he was out. So I, I think, as you said, yes, he and Trey Young, I, I 1000% agree with you. If you're putting any players, player in the quote unquote untouchable sphere, those are probably the two guys that I would say are untouchable. Everyone else, it's, you know, let's see what they can bring back as much as, you know, this team might like them as people. And, you know, in some ways they might embody that quote unquote Hawks DNA that, you know, Landry Fields talked so much about, you know, during the offseason. It's just not working. Uh, There are a lot of talented players on this roster, but together as a collective, it's just not working out. And sometimes you just kind of need to start you know, it's a puzzle, you know, if, uh, if a puzzle piece doesn't fit, you don't keep trying to fit it in the the, the spot. If it doesn't have the right pegs or pieces or whatever, you, you go back into the pile and, and you start to try and find the right fits. So I think the sooner they start doing that, the better. You know, you have to remember that they do still have that $25.3 million trade exception from the John Collins trade. Um, they did not use the um, mid-level exception this offseason. So they do have some flexibility that, you know, could hopefully net them, you know, something if they're taking some players on. But I just, I don't think that they can go another, you know, half a season with this same roster. It's the definition of insanity is trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results and, I think we're at the point where they're sneaking up on insanity. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's time to to make some changes. You're right. And I think if they get too deep into the weeds as far as the Eastern Conference standings, it might be too little too late, at least for this year. Now that you're you're still hanging on in the play in right about now, you're hanging around with the Bulls and with that 10th spot. But at the same time, I just think you can't let it get any worse and you just want to see this team go up. And if you're going to do that, look, the the rumors are going to start to fly here in the next couple of days when players are eligible to be traded. And I, I think if I were the Hawks, I'd be right in the middle of those conversations to see who, who teams are looking at as far as our roster, 
or the Hawks roster, I should say, and then what players they're looking at as far as improving this ball club? Well, I think we do have somewhat of a sense that the Hawks are open for business. I think it was, was it Shams Charania or Adrian Wojnarowski? I believe it was Adrian Wojnarowski on threads who reported that the Hawks are essentially open for business. And I mean, we've already seen one blockbuster-ish type trade with the Knicks and the Raptors and how much that already has kind of provided both of those teams with the, the right, but I, I don't know, energy, but of juice. I mean, the Raptors are still in 12th and they're still figuring it out. But yeah, <laughs> um, time will still tell who won that trade. But yeah, we've already started seeing some things happening and you know, that the, the potential targets are only going to start to move around more and more and more as teams who are in that playoff hunt are solidifying some rosters. So obviously February 8th is the trade deadline. So they have up until then to make something happen. So we'll see what that is. But we're going to take a quick break. This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to, as usual, take this time to thank all of you for subscribing to the AJC and AJC.com. Your continued support is really what makes all of this happen. We do continue to have a special offer for our listeners of this podcast. If you subscribe today, you can get the next three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. So that's all of the sports coverage, politics, food and dining, investigations, and so much more, including our newsletters. You can subscribe today by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you always know what's really going on. All right. So it's interesting that we are now five days into the new year. So it's, you know, it's still some time to do New Year's resolutions. And even though, you know, Quinn Snyder might not be, you know, the, the term resolutions, isn't his favorite. I'm sure there are quite a few things that he wants this team to learn from 
the the past year, not necessarily flush, but at least just learn from it and continue to be better each and every day is what he likes to to lean on a little bit. It's it's getting better each and every day. Unfortunately for the Hawks, the season's, you know, time is 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 starting to quickly run out. They're only eight games as of Thursday slash Thursday when we're recording, Friday when this podcast goes live. They're eight games away from the halfway point of the season. They play the Pacers on Friday night, and that would put them at seven games away from the halfway point of the season. And obviously, there's still, as they say, quite a bit of basketball left to play. A lot of things can happen between now and when the regular season ends in April, but time is still of the essence. And so I think when I look at this team, one of the big things that sticks out to me as of late is just how they're unable to to close out games. And you can point to late game execution and, and a lot of different things, but I think the big thing that sticks out to me, Daniel, is that they just have a hard time getting back to the other end of the floor. They have a hard time getting back on transition defense. They have a hard time getting back to the other side after, you know, failing to grab the offensive board and try and score in a second chance point. So when that opposing team gets that defensive rebound and and they get out there, the Hawks just don't get back in time and it leads to some easy baskets. <laughs> it's it's rather unfortunate. And on on Wednesday it was very clear, especially in those last, you know, two or so minutes, they give up, you know, a few layups to Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's one of those guys that you just don't want to leave any space that they can get down the lane because he's just going to attack it. And they just have to be better at getting back. As simple as that. It really is. And it's kind of that mentality of that you're, you're, they're playing uh, not to lose instead of playing the win in those situations. You're at 15 with two minutes left. You think, oh, we got this. We can allow an easy lay-in. Mm-hmm. But again, no lead is safe in the NBA. Even a 20-point lead early on in the game, I mean, those can evaporate mm-hmm. so quickly. And I think that's been a Hawks bugaboo this season as well. You saw in the, the Kings game mm-hmm. how they were up with a nice, comfortable lead early on. And then they lose it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, late in the ball game. I think they were up, up 31 to 8 at one point in that first quarter. So mm-hmm. it, it's just one of those things that that's, I think, the biggest New Year's resolution is to just shut yep. teams out, close them out, the, have some yeah. confidence in, in finishing the job finishing those last two and a half minutes and, and making sure you're sealing wins because I think you had the stat about how many double-digit losses they have this year, and I think mm-hmm. it's nine, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. And it's just frustrating to know that what your record could be, even if you don't close out you know, some of those games, if mm-hmm. if you are if you get six of those games back that you're up by 10, think about it, you're at, you're at 500 right now and mm-hmm. you're looking a lot better in the East than you have. So it's crazy to think that this team should be a lot better than they are, but they haven't been able to close out. So I think that's one of the big New Year's resolution. I think we just mentioned the other one. I think this roster cannot be the same um, when it comes to after the trade deadline. I just yeah. think this is not a roster that's sustainable to contend in the East. I think we've learned that. And we, you know, I think both of us thought that maybe this team has a lot more depth than we thought mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. And I think it's just showing that it's really not, whether it's been injuries or guys underperforming or mm-hmm. just not meshing well, uh, I think it's time for a change and or you're still going to be middle of the pack in the in the East. So I think those are the kind of the big things is, is the the first one is closing out games like that's kind of a 
right now situation. In the next month or so, a little over a month, it needs to be the roster cannot look the same, I think, heading into uh, the final stretch of the season. For sure. Um, just a little fun fact. The only team that has more blown double-digit leads than the Hawks. Do you want to guess, Daniel, who that is? Um, just based on another team I follow, is it my old friends, the New Orleans Pelicans? Oh, no, they're third. They're third. Okay. <laughs> they have eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to try again? Do you want to try again? Who has more double-digit, blown double-digit leads than the Hawks? Is it a team in the East? I'll no. start with that. It's a team in the West. Okay, team in the West. Maybe the Sacramento Kings? Nope. It is the San Antonio Spurs. A rebuilding oh. team. Okay. So That says it all right there. Yep, exactly. They used to be tied with the Pelicans for double-digit, blown double-digit leads with eight, but then they lost to the Kings, and that pushed them into the sole second-place spot. Not not really a top three you want to be in. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the the biggest thing we touched on it is just just showing a lot more effort at getting back on the defensive end. And then the other thing is something that's just been a consistent theme even before uh, Jalen Johnson returned. It's just making sure that everybody's putting bodies on you know opposing players to kind of box out and help out with finishing out possessions and getting the rebound how many times have we seen this team you know put up a really good defensive possession and then they give up a, a second chance points it's just a little too many in in my opinion i think they kind of got into a groove where they're doing a little bit better with it but right now through 33 games, the Hawks are 27th in the league in opponent second chance points. They're tied with the Lakers with 15.3 second chance points per game. Yeah, so this team does have, we've seen them put up some really good defensive positions, as I just mentioned, where they do everything right. The guy you know, misses the shot, it just hits iron, but because there's just not enough bodies close to the rim, you know, nobody's there to contest the rebound or or somebody's up there to grab it. So that's where Jalen Johnson has kind of come in and has been a huge factor in this team being better at defensive rebounding or even, even in some cases offensive rebounding. As we've mentioned before in his, you know, first first points back, he, he scored it on a putback. So... I think we are seeing some good things out of Sadiq Bey. I want to make sure that he gets a shout out because he's been taking a step forward as far as, you know, being a guy who's grabbing some some more rebounds. He's averaging a career high 6.4 uh, last time I checked rebounds per game. So, yeah, the, the team's going to want to see more of that moving forward. I think the other thing is just making sure that they're keeping people in front of them. You know, as simple as that sound, not necessarily going for the sexy steal or the sexy deflection or or whatever it is, but just keeping guys in front of them, making them work, um, attacking closeouts, just things that Quinn Snyder has said over and over and over in, in his media availabilities. So it's they know they know what they need to do is the common theme that I hear whenever I talk to guys or ask questions about 
what it is that's been going wrong. Now it's a matter of they just need to consistently put it into action. Yeah, I think one of the things um, that kind of goes along with that is what I've noticed, too, and just watching some some highlights and stuff is off ball defense, too. There's a lot of times where guys are getting lost, not knowing where they're where the player, where the guy they're guarding is. And uh, I'm not going to point out people I've noticed it with, but I've just seen some things that it, it's just not even close. They they keep their eye off him for one second and they go to the corner or they go somewhere else and it's you lose them, they score a three, whatever. So I think, again, it's attention to detail. And that's something that Quinn Snyder is so adamant about. Um, and again, it's not something that he can say until he's blue in the face until the players start executing that and, and focus on that. It's going to continue to be a problem. So those little things, you start tweaking those, even getting a little bit better each game, you should hopefully see a lot better results. Yeah. And I think the big thing really is that they just they just need to see a little bit. I just think they need to see some fresh faces on the roster, if I'm honest. I, I think it's time. I think everybody is of the consensus that it's now time <laughs> to see some fresh faces on the roster. But we'll be following along to see what it is the Hawks continue to do. Um, I'll be on the ground trying to have conversations and, and figure out what direction this team is trying to move in. Um, until then, I'm Lauren Williams, as always, joined by Daniel Salerson. And this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.